0: 13 of Fatalists a podcast, devoted to the Showcase Network supernatural series Lost Girl, now also appearing on Sci-Fi. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Wayne. And uh, you got hot water again, huh?
1: We got hot water. It's pretty psyched about that. Uh, the basement's still a complete mess. Uh, apparently, we're going to have to throw out tons of stuff: tents, computers, video games, systems, and all kinds of stuff. So, the lesson here, dear listeners, is this do not leave things that you like on the floor of your basement just in case you get flooding down there. Cause then it's, it's, it's gone, but I, I'm, we'll probably get, you know, some money for it, but you know, I don't know how much it's going to be, but either way we got hot water, which is nice. All right. So uh, anything going on sci-fi wise other than lost girl? Well, you know, you still, you know, me and supernatural. Okay. Uh, in fact, today, this tonight's, uh, video that we're going to watch or we watched last week is because of Ben Edlund, the producer of Supernatural. So I'm uh, just finished season four, so we're going to be kicking into season five, and it's it's really interesting and uh, loving it and hard hard to... It's like a book you can't put down, you know? You watch an episode and you're just like, oh, I want to see the next one, the next one, and everything.
0: I'll go to sleep later. Yeah, right. Uh, sleep. Yeah, well, sleep. Unfortunately, I haven't been... I don't think I've seen an episode of Fringe since last we
1: talked, so... uh you know, I got to get back on the ball. So. Yeah, catch up. Well, now, you know, for your other podcast, we're yeah. watching Terminator now, too. So that's, that's you yeah. know, a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Good point. And, and uh, I think we
0: mentioned last time Wayne was going to join
1: uh, Mike
0: and me on the Continuum podcast, which he did. And, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the show, check it out. It went really well. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a lot of fun. Now... You know, I'll say this now anyway, even though it's probably not going to matter. This is episode 13. So when you hear episode 12 of our Fatalists podcast, um, you know, we were in separate locations and, uh, you know, our Skype connection was kind of hinky. So if it it sounds like, uh, you know, these two guys aren't even in the same room, well, we weren't. We weren't, right. And we had, you know, it was like delay. I wasn't sure if he heard me. And so we tried to clean it up in editing and... You know, got it pretty good, but if it sounds
1: a little different, that's definitely what happened. I didn't do anything in editing. I, as I said before, I just talk into the microphone, and, yeah. and Dave handles all the other yeah. stuff. Well, it was
0: mostly just closing up gaps. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, well, one thing, uh, you know, Wayne pointed this out to me. I hadn't taken a look at it in a while, but, uh, you know, we certainly want to thank Sandra Martinez for the kind – Words she had in the uh, iTunes page, and you know, anytime we hear from the listeners, that that certainly you know encourages us.
1: Which maybe we don't need encouragement. Maybe we should have more discouragement, but uh, it's <laughs> nice though, and, and we uh, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you very very much. Very nice, kind words. So,
0: all right. Well, anyway, let's take a little look at the news, and we got a little bit tonight. And, and I meant to tell you this last time, and I don't know what the heck uh, I was doing with this paper, but Anna Silks. Uh, twitter page and this was august 27th uh just mentioned that they'd start starting shooting the season three finale and uh you know which is uh, you know i guess great news i mean that means they're almost finished i'm sure they're not going to start airing it early because i think it's still a a january uh, premiere but you know that's that's good
1: news yeah for sure
0: all right are you familiar with looper
1: looper have you heard about the film uh, I, I think, I, you know what? Now I know because I I was listening to the Liberate podcast, so I heard you and Mike talking okay, about it. Okay. Well,
0: Rian Johnson, uh, this is his third feature, and uh, it's, you know, I've seen it described as an existential science fiction thriller.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if it means anything because, uh, you know, the existentials don't think. Yeah, life
1: has any meaning, but yeah, true. but we digress. <laughs> well, what, what what I know it means is that they're going to have a hard time marketing it by putting a big word like existential in there. Listen, Joe America doesn't want to watch existential. No, so he does Just stick, take that word out. You'll be all right. All right. So I
0: think if they stick with the time travel angle, they'll be they'll be good. So anyway, it's about uh, victims sent back in time to be killed by assassins called Loopers. And uh, the film was chosen to open this year's Toronto International Film Festival, and, and apparently there was some controversy because traditionally a Canadian film opens the film festival, but you know this is a Sony release, so perhaps they bought their way. I I don't know that you know just speculation. So yeah,
1: it's all um, it's all about the Benjamins, man. Yeah,
0: so it stars Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon Levitt, who's yeah, he I guess he's got science sci fi cred, he's got right?
1: Some serious sci fi cred, yeah. yeah, indeed. I mean. uh it, it, oh, what's the, the Leonardo DiCaprio. How, it was right, there. Inception. Man, uh, Joseph Corden Levitt was in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, he's he was the guy from th- uh, Third Rock from the Sun, right? The, yeah. He was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was in uh, Inception. He's awesome in okay. Inception. Which you haven't seen, so well, I've again. seen half of it. Yeah, well, that's I, like looking at half the Mona Lisa. I, man. I understand, I, but I, I, still have it on just my just the bottom uh, half. You don't even uh, get the smile. I
0: still have a would so you know. <laughs> anyway, so the film plate takes place sixty-two years in the future, two thousand seventy-four, which is kind of you know the same time frame we're working with in Continuum. Time travels become possible, but. Uh, you know they seem to only use it in terms of this body disposal you know where they're going back and killing people um and and without the you know there is one big spoiler that you know I guess a lot of us know I'm not going to mention it now uh because it is a pretty
1: big spoiler all right anyway uh but yeah I know it was uh, we won't subject our fans to the same way that you guys spilled it on on Liberty oh you're and, right I and, think and now we- my, my brain is poisoned. When you, when you say you guys, you mean me. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, we've got a criminal mob, uh, an overlord called the Rainmaker, and uh, you know it does sound pretty cool. So uh, it, it's due for a September 28th release in theaters, and uh, you know, like we said, Bruce Willis, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Emily Blunt, uh, Piper Parabo, you know her? Uh, not she's I from that A and E. It's sort of like an Alias clone, and I never can. It's not white collar. It's one of those kind of shows. Like Burn and, Notice. Or something? No, but yeah, one of those kind. <laughs> yeah, we're really uh, we really did our homework on that one. Uh, Jeff Daniels actually it was a pretty cool show. Uh, you know, but you can't remember. The I'll name look else. it up when you're talking about something sometime. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. right. Anyway, uh, now also, Sci Fi has acquired the rights to a fantasy series called Sinbad. What you know about the. Uh, Famous Middle Eastern sailor, and uh, you know, st- starring is Naveen Andrews, who we know from Lost. Um, and he's Sinbad's nemesis, Lord Akbar. Saeed, right? Said, just, absolutely. Uh, it's been a while
1: since I've seen Lost. Sometimes, I...
0: and uh, Timothy Spall, Harry Potter, Doug Ray Scott, uh, Mission Impossible 2. So, you know, if you're into fantasy, it you know, might be worth taking a look at again. Yeah, I think with all of us, it's like, uh, for me, the appeal would be Naveen Andrews that, you know, maybe give it a look because he's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And Dugri Scott is, uh, he's a really good actor too. He was actually in, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was, uh, the, it was about, um, the trying to break the German code in, in World War II. And he's like the head of the code mm-hmm. breaking unit in, in Britain. Uh, just a really awesome kind of thriller movie, not sci fi, but good movie. Okay. Good actor.
0: All right. And now, last, and uh, you know, I just, you know, kind of stumbled upon this today that J.J. Uh, J. Abrams and J.H. Wyman, who uh, we know from Fringe, are reteaming for a sci-fi project at Fox. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Dude, you know, these people they don't learn their lesson. Yeah, I just know. go to
1: the CW, man. Anyway,
0: so Fringe, we all know, is going to wrap up uh, season five with a 13-episode final season. And apparently, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams and J. H. Wyman have been given the pilot production commitment for this futuristic cop drama. All right. So anyway, set in a not-so-distant future, uh, you know, not unlike his revolution, which we've, you know, mentioned we're all looking forward to. And the, the premise here, we've got a bunch of LAPD officers who are now partnered with highly evolved human-like androids. Hmm.
1: Okay. So kind of like a Blade Runnerish type thing, Yeah. Right?
0: um and uh you know Wyman's going to write the uh, initial script apparently it looks like and you know I've even seen it called a buddy cop drama which doesn't exactly you know
1: it doesn't doesn't ring the bells for us over here at uh, at Fatalist but Yeah. with JJ J. Abrams obviously we're going to watch it.
0: Yeah, and hey, sci-fi futuristic uh androids it's you know well you know again we'll at least look at the pilot we'll give it a, we'll give it a go all right so anyway that's uh, that's it for the news tonight and uh, we're ready to jump into episode 12 of season 1 called i guess you would pronounce it
1: dismembers okay. only okay which is probably the worst title that we've seen so far this year um yeah um <laughs> and and they you know the
0: whole the dis is in parentheses and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's,
1: it's, not a, it's not a great title. Well, not even a good one. And, you know, dismemberment. And, you know, like, I, let's not even go there, right? And, like, a dude wrote this, and he writes something like that. That's just, that's just wrong. On so many levels, it's strong. No, anyway, written no, by Jeremy Boxen, directed by Steve DeMarco, and this is the same team The brought us two pretty good episodes so far this season, uh, The Fatal Attraction and Fade. So those are two uh, very strong episodes, and so good team of Boxen and DeMarco. So let's. So w- what would you think of episode twelve? Well, I'm not gonna like say I didn't like it. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was good. Obviously, um, it 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 takes a break. Kind of. It's not quite as intense as like the last episode uh, was was extremely intense, um, and so this one kind of takes a step back. There's a little more humor involved. Uh, you know, there still is some thrill elements in it, but it's almost like, you know, just kind of like we know there's got to be this with the next episode being the last one of the season. Uh, we, we would expect that this is kind of like maybe the calm before the storm that, that there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the, in the final episode. And so here's one where they kind of step back a little bit, uh, show us, go kind of go let Bo and, uh, and Dyson, not really have a vacation, but you know, kind of get away for a little bit from the uh, from the city. Well, you know, I I thought it was a little uneven.
0: Um, you know, like you, I mean, I, I liked it, no question. But I think if we, you know, go back and look at you know our assessments of the previous eleven episodes, we're generally not lukewarm. You know, we're we're pretty excited. So, yeah. you know, was,
1: yeah, lukewarm is a good way of describe it.
0: So, you know, I I certainly wouldn't say, even if it was the worst episode of the season, you know, that it's, it's, it's still a really good episode, you know? So it's not like, it's not filler, but I would Uh, just say maybe uneven.
1: Yeah. And they do move like some of the mythology that has been kind of popping up recently that gets uh, pushed forward a little bit on this one.
0: Yeah. Now, um, you know, we always like to start out with the opening scene and uh, okay. Hey, we're, we're, I guess we're done with uh, sex scenes. We're done with weapons scenes. Uh and, and I really like this opening, you know, where Dyson's planning this uh you know getaway for just him, you know, him and nature. Um now, you know, he, he talks about it being a hunting trip. Uh, does he need a gun?
1: No, well I, I we assume that it's he's gonna go hunting in wolf
0: mode. Okay. Um, but you know, it, it's you know, he's in a great mood. Um and, and Bo's trying to convince him, hey, you know, you sure you don't want to spend your time with me?
1: Yeah. And we've all been there. You know, it's like you see this and you know what he's going to do because it's the early part of their relationship. But right. they they've really kind of gotten into that annoying part of the relationship. And here's what I said before. Like, we really don't want to see. You know, it's like we're always torn. We want to see them together, but we don't want to see them together. And this episode was a great example of why we don't want to see them together. They are much more interesting when they're mad at each other or hooking up with waitresses or having threesomes or something like that than this kind of huggy, kissy, smoochy stuff. And, you know, my man D... He's got to stand up for himself, you, you know like he, he right away he says, "I'm going on a hunting trip. she's like, oh, but I want to get to a B and b we're not going to use the oh, w word here, are you let's go I, I'm not going to say it, but I can imply it okay you know? all right um, I, I don't want to to you know anger all the uh, the females who might be listening to us, okay. but I'm coming from a male perspective and, and it hurts me to see a guy who wants to go on a hunting trip. By himself, and instead ends up, you know, going up to wine country with his girlfriend. It's, it's. <laughs> so, in other words, you were joining
0: Hale and Kenzie when they were doing the finger in the mouth. I was gag. completely doing it. Okay, I was right there with Hale and Kenzie, which that was a, you know, which was a great little scene there. Uh, and then they decide that they're going to bet, uh, you know, on what date Bo and uh, Dyson are going to break up. So
1: yeah which is that was really funny
0: all right well then you know even you know not too I can't even remember what happens in between there um well
1: they just there's just that one scene of the the worker with the uh oh the the that gets the headphones on or the earbuds in he's just kind of he doesn't even look like he's really using the clippers and all of a sudden he gets knocked on the head and a vine grabs him you ever see the the go- Harry Potter Goblet of Fire movie no okay it was very similar cuz in there similarly uh the, they're in like this maze, and and one of the people in the maze uh, gets knocked out, and this these vines kind of envelop her and pull her around. So it's it's very similar to that. Well, you know, I also speaking
0: about similarities. I, I guess I felt like you know there were similarities to the episode that took place at the college. Remember when Kenzie went over? Right. Uh, I forget what the name of that episode was. Uh, you're I, much better at yeah. remembering names than I am.
1: I look it up real quick. You know,
0: but. Uh, you know, even though that monster wasn't, you know, I guess related to nature, but it, but it just seemed like uh, I don't know. I just felt like there were similarities there. Um, you know, I guess maybe the undercover. Uh, oh, oh, cap of my cap. Oh, cap of my cap. Yeah, right, the cap. right when you said the monster, I'm like oh, there okay. you go. So anyway, so then we cut back and we and we've got Bo and Dyson in the big tub, and mm. great scene because they're in the tub, right? You know, I guess he's he's in the back and she's you know lying you know, sitting on his lap, lying in the water. And what are they doing? Looking at
1: brochures. Right. Yeah. This know. is what I'm saying. Yep. This is well, exactly what I'm saying. You yeah. know, like a couple episodes, they would have been knocking boots. But now they're just sitting in the tub looking at brochures of B&Bs. Yep. For that little getaway vacation.
0: So, uh, you know, everything's idyllic. And then who bursts in? Of course, Kenzie. Kenzie and, uh, right. you know, then and then starts the procedural and, you know, I mean, I, you know, the element, I said uneven, and the- there were elements of the procedural that I really liked a lot, uh, most of which it took place at the club. But, uh, you know, anyway, so we got a friend of Kenzie's. Well, there's, uh, before you, I okay. just, there was,
1: there was a really good line in this. Uh, I, again, the, I, you know, I'm just not crazy about, I'm not, I'm not a shipper here. You know? I'm not crazy about what's going on here with Bow and Dice, I mean, like, you know, it's in a way, like, they're, you're, you're, if your friends got together like this, you'd be happy for them, and say, oh, well, those two, that's, they're, they're really good together and everything, but the other hand, you're like, man, you were just so much cooler before you you two really started hanging out and everything, I've seen it happen before, you just see it, like, yeah, I mean, probably, I could probably name 10 guys, like, in college, who were, like, really cool buddies, and all of a sudden, they get a girlfriend, and bam, that's it, um, so, but, uh, so, they look at the brochures, and, and she says, how about this one, he says, Oh no, that, that one's run by a couple of fairies, literally. <laughs> I mean, wings and everything. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, so like at first you hear it, you're like, oh, that's that's offensive, and, yeah. and then yeah, you know, like you lent, you know, in the fae world, like real actual fairies with uh-huh. wings and everything. Well, they and, and there were some good lines, and
0: and then you know the the she comes in and uh, talks about her friend whose cousin's gone missing, and uh, apparently Kenzie was known by another name. <laughs> meow meow
1: <laughs> what's that was well you know i mean this is like a really lame gang that she must have been running with because the one dude's name is thumper yeah <laughs> her name is meow meow you know like it was the head of the gang like uh you know uh, ariel or, or cinderella or something like, that. like hell, how lame is this gang man you're supposed to give yourself t- tough names that you know names that inspire fear not freaking meow meow and thumper
0: well anyway we so we find out that uh, you know the cousin that's gone missing was an undocumented alien, and that sets Bow and Dyson in this case to go and Kenzie to go undercover as husband and wife uh which you know Wayne's shaking his head no you can't you can't see that uh. <laughs> Uh, Three yeah. Your- it's
1: just, yeah, it, it's, just it's, it's it's emasculating Dyson. I think is the thing. And I know again. I'm 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 so going like dude viewpoint uh, a dude point here, um, but you know it's just he he gets in the khakis and the shirt. And granted, at least he's he's not wearing the vest anymore. So I guess that's a that's a step up. But and,
0: just- and this comes on the heels of Wayne talking last week about Dyson. Uh, you know, going shirtless with the you when know, we talked about the pants always down around his hips and uh, you know, you know yeah, he's uh, hardcore, right, man. Right.
1: Like Dyson is so, is the
0: beast, like so literally. Here, so here we see him in the uh, pastel polo, you know, the nice jacket. You know, he was probably wearing uh, topsiders. Although, yeah, he uh, was, I believe. Okay, and uh, you know they were the perfect uh, upwardly mobile yuppie couple. All right, so. You know, so the idea is they want to join this exclusive country club because that's where the uh, the cousin had been working, and it turns out that a number of undocumented aliens had also worked there and also disappeared, and we see Kenzie as a kitchen worker.
1: Yeah, a Venezuelan kitchen worker whose accent is eerily similar to her Russian accent she used when she was the medium. All right. So, one of my notes about, uh, you know, Kenzie, it's like, okay,
0: first of all, how many languages is she supposed to speak? And my first thing was, I, you know, this really wasn't her finest moment in the show. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really didn't like her look. You know, you mentioned the accent, which was just, I mean, look, we get that the show's got, you know, the the, the element of humor is always going to be there. So, and, and, and if, you know, through Kenzie more than maybe anybody.
1: Yeah, and it was funny when she's like freaking out because she's got three strikes, you know. and everything. Right. So that was clever and, and gave her a chance to but you're right like the look and the accent and everything is, is just kind of like uh yeah it's it's just one of those things where it, it pulls you out of the story because it's you're we're not quite buying it you
0: know? right and and i mean this is supposed to be a big time country club so uh, you know again we, we we take that leap of faith and and you know we suspend our disbelief and all you know all that but yeah it just wasn't working for me and it doesn't sound like it was working for you either um but again, there was a great scene, you know, when when she's serving Dyson and Bo. Did you see her flip him the bird?
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> ask you before. Like I, I didn't notice it like the first time I would see it, and then this time I'm watching and she yeah. gives him the finger. Like right. I was like, that right is da-
0: down low, so none of her uh, her supervisors see right. it. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, that, was, that was great.
0: Yeah, but you know, again, she does a lot of the investigative work, and uh, you know, really a lot of the you know the, just the really hardcore. Um, uh, PI teams up with Hale again and and you know we're starting to see them as more of a team and, and does Hale come on to her? He does come on to her a little bit okay. yeah
1: and uh you know what, what? what's I thought there was supposed to be boundaries between humans and and Faye there Hale what's up man well
0: you know although I guess you know obviously humans and and Faye do you know get married yeah. and
1: yeah I get, well I guess for the light Faye it's not as big a deal the dark Faye kill you if you do it though um, but yeah, what well, we've seen from word one, th- this bond between Hale and Kenzie. certainly okay. their both their roles is kind of like I don't want to say second bananas, but almost like the sidekicks to the alpha dogs of of Bo and Dyson. So, and they understand that of each other, and, and so there's been a link between these two, and they understand each other. So, but this is the first time either of them has tried to you know cross that line right. there. But Kenzie's very clear. It's, what? You know, yeah, like yeah. no, back off. That's not happening. Yeah.
0: So yeah, and you know, again, I think it it throws that sexual tension out there, which, you know, we, look, we've all seen it in you know dozens, probably with you and me, hundreds of shows, uh, and it works. And and you know, as long as the writing stays good, which you know we know it will here. You know, it's going to be interesting to see them team up and to see if he tries anything again. But right. uh, so anyway, so it turns out to be. Well, well, there's, actually, there,
1: there's a I had a little nitpick okay. from this part of of the show because, um, so you know, Bow and Dice are trying to pass off as you know wealthy people and 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 they're trying to get in this country club, and so they go to meet with the, the lady Blake, who's supposed to be the big gossip and knows everything that's going along. And uh, Blake is standing there with a drink in one hand, and she's hitting tennis balls with the other. And I can't remember who says, but one of them goes nice backhand, and we see Blake, and she's just practicing her forehand swing. Uh, okay, so you know, like you're trying to, if you're trying to, you know, if you're in Rome, baby, you got to roll like the Romans. And so don't be calling uh, a forehand shot a backhand because you're going to get picked out as a scrub right away. Yeah, and she was pretty hardcore. That Blake, Blake was extremely hardcore. <laughs> you know. She's probably cool. She's probably fun to party
0: with. And uh, I guess she was running for some sort of club office, it sounded yeah, like. a like
1: counselor it. office, yeah, yeah something but, like
0: that. Uh, all right, well, it turns out to be some nature, human-eating fae. And, and like I mentioned before, it just kind of was reminiscent of that episode at uh, the College Kappa, o, o Kappa My Kappa. But we eventually find out from Trick that it's a forest-dwelling fae called a land
1: white. A land white, yes, and this is where I step in because okay. I actually was able to find stuff. So a lot of the times when I go to look up the fay of the week, um, you know, like I type in the fay, and all I get is lost girl stuff. Right. This one's legit. There's actually uh, a, a strong uh, history of land whites, especially in Iceland, where they call it a landveitir. Um. And so they believe, basically, as they said in the show, that land, the Vetir, we'll call them land white so I don't have to keep saying the Scandinavian word, um, they protect the land. Now, there's nothing about human sacrifice in there with them. They're, they seem to be, uh, by and large, uh, benign creatures. There's actually a, an incident they talked about in Iceland where they were going to build an airbase, and the guy who was the head of the construction team, the, the foreman or whatever, <clears throat> had a dream... That day, a land white came to him and said, don't start yet. I'm try- I got to get my family out of here. So he held up construction for two weeks until he had another dream. The land white says, okay, we're all clear. We're all gone. And then they allowed the construction to go ahead. So they, they really believe this hardcore in Iceland. Um, and they like, they think they inhabit like rocks and stuff. So I guess there's actually like parents, certain rocks that parents won't let their children climb on because you like, you'll disturb the, the land, and, and everything. So, uh, it's, this is, this is a for reals, man. That's pretty strong belief in this, especially in Iceland. Oh, wow. that's cool. I like that. Yeah. You know, um, Oh, you can just imagine the guy like yeah. going to like you know like he's got like people with a lot of money, you know, building this base. I think actually there was Americans. I don't know if there's was American land base, but there was Americans involved in there. You can imagine this guy just going and saying, uh, "We can't start yet." I'm like, well, w- why not? Well, the fun you should ask. That, you, well, know? you know, like,
0: it, it almost—I'm surprised nobody's tried to develop it into a you know a movie. I mean, it sounds like it's got great potential.
1: Yeah, it could be. All right, hey, we we got this. This is our idea. Okay. We claim it. anyone comes out here with a land white that Dave and I talked about at first. I'll, I'll I'll edit it out. <laughs> we got to cut it. You got to cut us in on it, That's right? So, all
0: right. Well, uh, let's talk about Saskia because uh, it's generally not a good sign when she shows up. At least so far.
1: Well, now it's not. I mean, at first it was because the, you know there's another hot woman on the show. Well so. yeah, from that t- well let's just say for
0: our for our friends the uh the light fay it's usually not a good sign. Right. Well
1: especially for Bo. We we learned that uh two episodes ago that that Saskia is really pretty much bad news. Right. And uh you know now what she was saying she was explaining
0: to Saskia that uh that what that they were gonna go on a You know, a little retreat, a little bed and breakfast. And and Saskia retorts that uh, that would make you the lamest succubus in history.
1: Yeah, she's really just seems to be taking this personally. Like, you know, how I seem to be taking Dyson's capitulation in the relationship uh, personally. um, That Saskia really is, you know, gets bent out of shape. That Bo is really, you know, in this case, I got to agree with Saskia. Okay, Bo is lame. In this case, uh, but you know, what, she's in love. What are you going to do, right? Uh, but as a succubus, this is not how succubi roll, you know. Instead, she wants to. You know, she's like, "There's this rock band in town. Let's go out and and sex, drugs, and rock and roll." You know, and, but uh, but see, I guess then you know, she didn't just show up, right? I mean, uh, she never. I, I don't think it's an accident, at right? All. Right. So you well, know, well, as then, we learn at the end, it, it is no accident,
0: right? And this is uh, you know a plan and uh you know so she shows up and then at the end of the show she shows up at the police station right dyson's you know we've already had bo call him and you know he can't he can't come to her so she's gonna come to her man and she's gonna stop off and pick up you know some carry out and what does she find when she gets to the police station She finds dyson and
1: saskia messing around yes and that's putting it that's putting it mildly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just—it's. I mean, I know it's for television and everything, but you know, it's really kind of unclear, like how far though she is, you know, kind of hiking her skirt back down. Well, but you know, it's just—it—it it, it wasn't clear. But well, you know, and it's interesting, you know, because we've talked about
0: you know, um, you know, certain episodes being you know pretty racy, and, and it seems like uh, the episodes have gotten less racy as the seasons worn
1: on. Yeah, I, I definitely you know. agree. Since the yeah, the the one episode where you had the two, you know, right. very racy scenes, back to back, well, not back to back, but in right. the same episode. Since then, it's the really calmed down. A lot of it, the byproduct of the the relationship evolving between Bo and Dyson, where they're not at really that jump each other's bones every chance they get part. And, and also because of that relationship, uh, Bo's not hooking up with Lauren or anyone else for that
0: matter. Right Now, you know, regardless uh, of how f- far they went, what they did or didn't do, we know she drains him. Just yep. short of, I mean, we assume death. He he looks pretty close to, to death. Right. It? And of course, again, the, you know, the uh, cliche, you know, we know Bo's going to walk in on them. Uh, because they always do, and instead of freaking out, you know, she's, you know, pissed off, but not at
1: Dyson, right? Which again, like, how does Dyson do this stuff, man? What, what magic does he have where he gets like just the good end of every relationship? You know, he gets cold busted. Granted, it's not really his fault, but still, you know, any other guy caught in that position would have a lot of explaining to do. So I guess the lesson here is is should your girlfriend or wife or anything catch you in said compromising position then you should immediately fall to the ground and pretend that you're close to death <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i'm going to go with the uh you know that you know since they're both succubuses i guess is that the plural succubai i Suck believe you is, by. Is the... um you know that that you look i mean i think bo understands that that dyson really was relatively powerless to you know Know, to fight her, uh, Saskia off and his understanding. And, and again, like I said, she's, she's mad at Saskia, not Dyson. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I um, understand too. I'm just saying. I know. I I'm know. just saying. All right. So we've already talked a little bit about, you know, throughout
0: this episode and, and you know, I've said, you know, a number of times um, I am a shipper in general. I mean, I hate to admit it about myself, but whether it's, uh, you know whether the X Files and and you know waiting all that time for Mulder and Scully to finally get together, whether it's Fringe and and Peter and Olivia, um, um, you know Battlestar Galactica. I guess you know take your pick. Uh, <laughs> right, you there's a, there's a lot of relationships um, on
1: that one. You know, they keep changing too. But you know it, it's it's
0: funny because there's something here, and maybe it's just because you know that it's assumed they're going to always be together. That, I don't know, it's like, you know, I like them together, but it's not something that, that I'm looking for each episode.
1: Well, all of the examples you just mentioned had the relationship evolve over a, a fairly considerable amount of time, whereas Bo and Dyson are, are at it by episode two. Right. You know? So we <clears throat> we haven't had a chance to really see this rela- relationship develop and, and, and want for them we it's it, it's never been like this carrot like like Mulder and scully you know i don't know how i mean i assume they eventually got together well at yeah some point. I, I don't I've, well like see, i said i've only watched the first episode of x-files but i mean it was a long time in like you only watched the first episode first season I mean
0: okay well that's still just as bad but what <laughs> happened so after season three they made the first movie and uh you know there was this one scene they're out you know in this uh you know, out in the middle of the nowhere, they discover this secret facility, and they're they're breeding these bees that they you know that they learn that they're going to use that the bees will, will you know, tr- uh, transport whatever disease or whatever it is there. I can't remember exactly, but you know, Mulder and Scully are in there, and it's like you know the scene. They're they're getting together. They're leaning in to kiss each other, and it's just like their lips are just like inches away. And then she, I guess, a bee stings Scully on the back of her neck. Ah, oh, um, damn it <laughs> right and then of course she goes into you know like
1: yeah. an- anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock, or shock
0: and right and, and and it's like oh you gotta be kidding me so <laughs> you know um but you know yeah, so but, I th- but, you,
1: but you, you had to wait for it you
0: uh, had to wait you, you said three seasons right well yeah I didn't get anything before you know, and then I had to wait probably three well, more well in the show I'm talking about yeah <laughs>
1: so uh, so you know, so you, had to, you really had to wait uh, quite a long time you know Sam and Diane on Cheers we referred to before I don't even, it was a long, it was quite a few seasons, probably three, four seasons before they got together. Um, So all these relationships, you know, take, you know, it it took a long time where it's, it develops that like angst where, are they going to get together? You know, is this ever going to happen? And and, uh, that never happened to Lost Girl because they, pretty much the first time they saw each other immediately were, you know, kind of going at it, were attracted and they were, you know, doing it by the next episode. So we never had that point to really want it to happen. It's always been there for
0: right. us. But I guess the interesting thing to me is that, you know, number one, you know, she's so focused on her relationship uh, to the point that they have, and I'm making little finger quotes, they have the talk, you know, and you know, about the, you know, the relationship talk and, and, and she's a succubus. I mean, this is what she does. I mean, this is like her, her natural uh, inclination. And I think that's what, that really rankles Saskia that, you know, girl, you're a
1: succubus. Yeah, succubus, do not do monogamy. And, right. Or, or live in cheap apartments or go to B&Bs for the weekend, right. for that matter. You so,
0: know? you know, so they have the talk. And, and then so right after they have the talk, now they're back at the country club. And we, we learned that the scotch tasting is secret code for swinging.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, they, they, uh, the, the scotch tasting came first. And then the talk came later. Oh, it did. Yeah, because oh, okay. she was upset with him because he totally blocked her at right. the party. You know, like you could see Bo, like everyone's. You know, they're talking about swinging, and right. she you know, was willing to take partners. one for the team. And she's she and she's her. Uh, she's a succubus. I mean, this is right. like this is right there for her. This is right what she wants. And Dyson steps in and is like, oh well, we gotta we got I gotta get up early in the morning. And you're just like, dude, yeah. go. Come on now, this, this is what I'm talking about. This right. is where they were much more interesting a couple episodes ago. would was a torn into those people like like nobody's business. She's gone like a knife through Swiss cheese. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a metaphor, <laughs> you know. And uh, and and instead they go home, and, and she is she's mad. She's she's like the guy here, right? Right. She's well, like, and like, that's
0: what I was gonna say. I, it, the the, the traditional
1: roles are reversed exactly you know yeah and, and, and dyson's like the i love you and right you know she's the one like oh i was totally about to get laid man you just totally crushed that and then he's like but i love you and i just want to be with you and he's like come on yeah. so I, i'm being too critical i think maybe here but like i'm just saying you know like right. two characters that are, are, are much cooler on their own okay um now we'll come back
0: to the ending in a second all right so uh um, you know, okay, the whole thing, he pledges himself to her. Oh, and then the thing about no secrets, right? that That's part of their, you know, the, part of the little talk that they have, no secrets. And then, you know, he goes to see Trick. And, right. And, and, no,
1: no secrets except for the big one about who your mother is that I know, right. and I'm not going to tell you right now.
0: Right. But, I mean, you know, again, he goes to Trick and says, that, you know, that's it. You know, if you don't tell her, I'm going to. And, you know, we don't know what, but we, you know, well, of course, we know because we've, you know. Right. We've seen well, it, we, but, Yeah, we know. But that, even as that a first-time knows, viewer. Right. Well, yeah,
1: even as a first-time right. viewer, we know that Dyson knows something about her mom. Right. And, that her name is a- Ifa, and that she's coming for her. And so there is some, and, and then the rest has been hinted at, but we know those things solid for sure. Right.
0: Now, the the one thing I was going to say, what what about the ending? What what'd you think about how they, you know, how they get
1: rid of the land white? Oh yeah, uh, Yeah, it was uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Not, it, it was, I guess, uh, poetic justice. Okay. I, I, I guess, but it, the uh, the scene where all the uh, the workers uh, file in uh, one at a time with their stuff, it just it was kind of like. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it just didn't. Again, it doesn't strike with that kind of realism. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I guess what strikes me though is, um, and and I get you know you know you mentioned way back in uh you know episode 2 of you know our podcast the whole you know notion of rules and how you know both fay you know uh, communities are really you know the rules are intertwined in everything they do so we understand that there's this code but it's almost like she's got like this vigilante approach to you know not she doesn't bring them to justice but I'm, I'm, I can't kill him, you know, uh, Dyson can't kill him, you know, it, it's like,
1: so we'll let the humans kill him, you right. know? Well, because, and, and she knows that going to the, the Dark Fae about this is going to be pointless because right. they're going to be like, so, she's eating humans? Right. Who cares, you know, like, so there's, there, there would be no justice uh, for the people that the white had killed. I really, I mean, is it her fault? I mean, she just likes eating people. Yeah,
0: I understand. So, uh, but I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool ending. So, uh, uh, anything else? Well, uh, yeah, th- okay. We have
1: We, we you, uh, you are talking about the ending, but we're not talking about the big reveal at the end. Okay, that that Saskia is Bo's mom. Okay, because she she goes to and and you know, I I started looking online, at, you know when. I guess when the episode first came out, people wrote reviews of it and summaries of it, and you know everyone, every like kind of plot summary of it that I read or or episode recap at the end totally skips over the part where Dyson says her name. Okay, and I'm like, what? Why? 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 That's the biggest thing that happens in this episode right now is she you know, she's like from uh, American Pie. She goes, What's my name, bitch? <laughs> and uh and he goes, Eva. And we're like, Holy crap. She, you know, which actually probably is not terribly surprising because, you know, at this point a succubus who takes an unnatural interest in Bo, um, and kind of at first it seemed like a more sisterly type uh relationship because she doesn't look that much older than Bo. Um but but now we see, whoa, Saskia is Aoife. Saskia is Bo's mom.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. She doesn't look too much. Of course, we, you know, I think you were saying last week the whole lifespan thing with the Faye is, uh, you know, difficult to pin down anyway. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't see it. I mean, you know, now again, maybe I missed it. And, and uh, now, admittedly, I only saw this one once this time. But, uh, you know, I guess I thought it was more, it was, it was. You know, more vague at the end, so I must have missed that then.
1: Well, because I, I guess it could be vague in that maybe it's not terribly clear what Dyson says. But if you play, you can hear. I mean, he he, he clearly says Efa, um, and we know from a couple episodes ago when he was talking to uh, to Trick about Bo's bomb, and he he said her name was Aoife. We learned that, um, but I think because it's in the middle of this grunting sex scene that they have between the two of them that it could maybe he comes out more of as like a groan or a grunt, but he definitely says, "Eva." Okay. I promise. Okay. I so believe go, you. Go oh, no, I mean, no, I definitely believe you. Well, it's that's there. A, it's there. That's a
0: pretty big reveal.
1: Yeah, it was, um, but an understated one. So I, I don't know. I think that, I don't know why they made it, which it wasn't clear, mm. you know, why she didn't just come and say, you know, What's my name, Dyson? Say my name, and then he says it, and then maybe she attacks him, so that you know he more clearly says her name. But that, uh, you know,
0: yeah, and like you said, we we've certainly heard her name before. It's just uh, so well. Anything other than the big reveal that <laughs> that I missed,
1: <laughs> that you missed? <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, we got the uh, the, the the creepy gardener, which was going to come into play actually in our next episode as well. Now there's another one mm-hmm. that uh, I can add to my list. That. We and I mean you know and we were saying
0: this earlier in the day I mean it's really set up well for the season finale
1: and you know right so. because if if they had just been the country club and they ended it with the uh, with you know the, the humans killing the land white we'd be like uh you know was this really supposed to go now or, or was this like an earlier episode that just they were just like ah. Uh, uh, we only get two more episodes. Let's throw this one in there. Right. But, uh, you know, but with, uh, when Sasuke slash Aoife shows up at the end there, then that, uh, that really, you know, then now we know that it's serious, that what's coming up next is, is, is pretty, pretty intense type stuff. Um, but you know, I also like how, you know, you know, both stabs are in, uh, the stomach and, uh, and she goes, you know, you're a really hard friend to help. Yeah. <laughs> like that was just a great line as, as, as she uh kind of limps out with a piece of wood jammed in her gut.
0: Well, you know, I guess the en- other interesting thing, you know, th- that, you know, I was thinking even earlier and, and, you know, we've mentioned this several times during the course of the podcast is that it's been so long since I've seen it that, you know, a lot of the the details have kind of faded for me that, um, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, does she know Bo's her daughter? Okay. You know, or, or is this like, you know, dramatic irony when, when the audience knows everything and knows
1: all the relationships and who people are to, to each other, but they don't know. We, I mean, we can only assume that she does with how she's acted and the way she's pursued Bo that. So what's her motivation for basically, you know, ruining her daughter's
0: you know, relationship with Dyson. And- well, she's trying to save her though. Okay. From her
1: point of view, she's not ruining her at all. She's, okay. She, her daughter is ruined. It's like for her finding her daughter in a stable relationship with a guy is what you know. Everyone else is the equivalent antithesis of, of what a of finding your daughter in, in like Angus Young's backseat or something. You know, like. Oh, you said Angus Young. I'm thinking Angus, Angus. Uh, just
0: the the guy on Two and a Half Men, the kid, <laughs> Angus know. T. Oh, Jones. Yeah, who, well, yeah, him too. That that might. Do you know, know whose girlfriend's going to be in the show? Apparently, Uh-uh. Miley Cyrus. Oh, really? Boy, talk about like out of your league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, totally. how are they going to work that? Right?
1: We die. We digress. <sighs> um, <laughs> no, Angus Young is the the guitarist yeah, from AC/DC. ACDC. But actually, the funny story, like I remember, I had this buddy of mine, Brendan, in college. It's This kid was a complete crack up. And uh, I guess this is up in Buffalo. And a a girl he knew had actually hooked up with Malcolm Young, who's the bass player of ACDC. So like Brendan called her like a month later and like put on this fake Australian accent telling her that uh, she should go to get herself checked out by a doctor who's just contracted a pretty nasty venereal disease. So I don't know if she bought it, but that's kind of stuff this guy did all the time. Wow. Which has nothing to do with Lost Girl, just you know, now that we're mentioning AC D C. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how you shouldn't let your daughters hook up with anyone in ACDC right. because, you know, that's a believable story anyway. So I think we started talking about Saskia's motive. <laughs> right. But uh, Well, we digress a uh, little okay, bit. But that's but, okay, but I mean that
0: does make sense. I mean, if she, you know, that's how she sees a succubus. But you know, again, what's her what's her reasoning for withholding who she really is then? I mean I mean, if she comes out and says, Hey, you know, Bo, I'm your mom. Um, you know, uh, you know, because part of Bo's problem, and she said several times, it's like, you know, I didn't have anybody to teach me these things all along the way. So it's almost, you know, so, and, and, you know, we haven't heard it from her, her side yet, but so much of the first half of season one was Bo, you know, really wanting to find her mom, find out information about her mom. So, you know, it seems like both sides want the same thing True. In, in that they want to, to know each other or, you know, at least connect.
1: Yeah, but you know, like Saskia, from what we've seen, always has an agenda, you know, so who knows what her agenda is? And because that's that's right, why not just come out and say, Hey, I'm your mom, honey, good to see you. So, of course, you know, she's probably, Bo's got mommy issues, obviously, and, and maybe that's what she's concerned about. You do want to tread lightly around succubi because, you know, when they get mad, they, they can do some pretty crazy stuff. Yes, so, they can. So maybe she's just out of self preservation. She's just trying to kind of, gradually insinuate herself into Bo's life. Who knows?
0: All right. Anything else? No, I'm good, I think. Okay. So, uh, you know, that sets us up nicely for the season one finale, uh, episode 13, which uh, we'll talk about in the next podcast. So, uh, you know, Wayne put us all on a comic uh, character uh, quest this week and, and you know I was not a big comic book fan growing up. I mean, when I was oh you know maybe eight nine, I got into Superman comics for a while, but I guess I was always you know I was always going to spend my allowance money on on you know baseball cards or stuff like that, even though I was you know I was into i mean I watched Superman on t v all the time and you know but just uh, Batman of course, I was buying Batman cards too <laughs> right. but uh, so anyway, Wayne had us watch the tick. And you want to tell them what we found out when we went to search, whether we were going to be able to actually view it?
1: Yeah. Well, when I first came up with this idea of, of watching The Tick, I was going on The Tick that I knew, which was the cartoon. I can't even remember. I should have looked it up when the cartoon started showing. I think it was like the – I want mid- to say
0: like 94 yeah, maybe? Yeah, I think it was like
1: the mid-90s. It was It was pretty much like right when I got out of college. Um, and so it's was a cartoon that was I guess it was on Cartoon Network or something like that it wasn 't on any of the majors, but it was hilarious you know it was just so funny um so I go to find it on Netflix and the cartoon's not there, but there are is this live action nine episode version of the tick that was there, and that i i once I saw it i 'm like I kind of think I maybe remember slightly this being on, but I never saw it, actually. So uh, that was definitely what we decided to go with because, A, it, it, I'd never seen it before, and, B, it was on Netflix while the cartoon wasn't. So Well, and, C, Ben Ed... Well, and well, right. Ben Edlund. Well, the whole reason we're even doing The right. Tick in the first place is because uh, Ben Edlund uh, created The Tick, uh, did the comic book, and then which then got turned into the cartoon, which then got turned into the TV show. And Ben Edlund, who we talked about, uh, I actually mentioned already this episode is a a producer for Supernatural, wrote like a lot of of episodes and and every episode that he wrote has been an exceptional one from what I've seen so far. He also, we'd also mentioned before how he was a writer uh, for Firefly and wrote Two of my favorite of those—I mean, there's only 14 episodes, so it's like not a big pool to choose from. But he wrote the the Jamestown uh, episode, which says the famous line, uh, "This this is must be what it's like to go mad," yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the the trash episode, which has uh, Christina Hendricks in it, and that in itself is a very compelling reason to watch it. But it was also very cleverly written episode so he's he's just a great writer i mean i put him up there i'm now that i look at his body of work you know he's he's up there in in moffett-esque uh kind of wow that's of uh of, of, uh, of that's rarefied air of, yeah of atmosphere up there I and mean, he's really 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 good and and the tick the, the you know was was funny as well i mean this was a very funny episode i think we were talking about earlier today and we both yeah. agreed that uh, we see why it only went nine episodes. It's not because it was bad. Right. And that's because it wasn't funny. It's just it does not have mass appeal oh, right? At all. I mean, right. it
0: only it aired for three months, nine episodes from uh, November two thousand one to the end of January two thousand two. Um, you know, and, and you know, I likened it a lot. And again, if you guys haven't seen uh, the Guild uh on you know youtube or it's all i think it's called also the website's what watch the guild yeah it's it's on
1: netflix as well okay
0: um you you get you got to check it out because i mean the similarities are are there i think but uh so what's the premise here on the tick well what's this episode
1: the premise is well we first see the tick who is uh guarding a bus station and uh so like a a guy's having issues with the uh, the coffee machine. Takes his money, but doesn't give him the coffee. So the tick comes down and comes to the rescue. Comes to the rescue, and 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 justice is served as the man gets his coffee. And then the uh, the owner of the bus station gives him a ticket. Says, "Hey, there's a there's a city you can go to, and uh, you know there's plenty of trouble there that you can solve." So he goes off to the city to to solve crimes and to uh, to take care of business, basically. And he's got an awesome blue suit. And does it have a, a blue suit with a little antennae yep. that uh continue to go up and down that seem to it, it correspond to his moods in some way okay. now the uh the connection didn't hit me this
0: morning, but uh so my wife and I are getting in the car uh at about uh five thirty this morning, maybe five forty five because we were running a little bit late. I know you're still in bed at that point yeah I was just uh, getting out of bed um, and you know, she forgot something inside, so I ran back in the house and got, and I hear these screams out in the garage. Now, now, not like blood curdling. I mean, I know, you know, I thought, <laughs> right? okay, you know, because we kind of live out in the country-ish, and you know, I'm like, all right, did some kind of critter run in the garage? And, you know, so I go out there, and what was it? Well, it was her version of Mothra <laughs> that had flown into the car yeah. and was terrorizing her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's meaningful because. Well, because yeah. we have
1: Arthur here who yeah. is a, a mothman kind of thing. He's got his, uh, you know, just how classic is that scene where, uh, you know, he's sitting at a desk, like guess, as, as an accountant just right. doing his work with his little superhero <laughs> Of course, everybody on. thinks he's a bunny. Right, 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 yeah, because he's got the ears, and right,
0: and the white. So. And it's a white suit, yeah and, yeah. and he, and he, you know, most of the time his wings are not extended, right. He's got them in a uh, like in a backpack, that right. He so he pushes
1: back, a little so. button on his chest, and, yeah. they, and the yeah. wings come out. Yep. Yeah. He's not even sure they work. He hasn't right. tested. Did, did them we yet. see?
0: Did he test them at all? I can't remember. He didn't test them. Okay. He
1: he saved Jimmy Carter by flying out of the, uh, the 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 elevator with that. Which was great that Jimmy Carter was. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It would've been real cool if they could have got the actual Jimmy Carter cuz yes. yeah they just had an actor who always mm-hmm. had his back turned. It's like just I I understand you really can't get the actual live Jimmy <laughs> Carter. So just have an actor portray Jimmy Carter and and you can turn on face the camera and everything mm-hmm. rather than having him always looking at right. the, the side of the elevator and everything. But but that was still funny. The whole uh red scare uh robot thing was was very funny as well because, you know, yeah, I I know you remember you're older than I am, but you know talking to kids today, they have no concept of what when the red the, scare, yeah, right? that the, the Big yeah. Bad Russians were trying to take over the world. Yeah. Um, and just like the, the Russians, just like the Big bad Americans are trying to take over the world, right? So uh so the, the this robot that has been, you know, kind of brought out of retirement from 1979 and uh comes out of the you know is activated accidentally and, and now is on a mission to kill Jimmy Carter because you know he was the president in 79 so
0: well and and the other nice thing is you know they're only half hour episodes which you know when when you download it off Netflix or or you know uh, Amazon or whatever you know so you're basically talking what I don't know tw- I, actually this was a little longer this was I think 23 minutes maybe no, it was i mean the, it
1: was know, quicker than i thought
0: yeah um, so, you know, that, that was pretty cool. And, and all right, so we've got, so there, there end up, we end up with four. So the next, uh, superhero we meet is Nestor Carbonell, right? Was he yeah. the
1: next one? Uh, yes. Uh, Batman well, <laughs> right.
0: Batman well. And, and we all know Nestor Carbonell from lost. Uh, he played Richard Alpert who was, uh, uh, you know, Arguably one of the most enigmatic characters in Lost.
1: Yeah, I think probably next to the the Man in Black, probably yes. the most enigmatic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and and uh, he was just hilarious. In, yeah. In, in uh, this, yeah, as, in, as, in
1: this as, not in Lost. Yeah, as Batman. Well, he was. He was famous. Yeah. Right. Uh, Richard Albert. Well, I, was, I don't remember him being funny at all, Dave. No. But <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Batman. Well, is hilarious. Yeah, really good character.
0: All right. So um, and, and now the, Dave's favorite character. And now Dave's favorite character, uh, Captain Liberty.
1: <laughs> With the uh, strategically placed uh, star, the, the the star cut out of the middle of her uniform that uh, really is cut out, just uh, nothing. It, but it's yes, really uh, funny.
0: Played by Liz Vassy, who uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, apparently she was in All My Children, which uh, uh, I must admit I've never seen.
1: Oh, okay, God, you had me worried there for a minute. Yeah,
0: you? Um, although there, I'll tell you, there was one year way back way back, I think we were maybe in the first year of our marriage when uh, we were watching, uh, I don't know, we'd get home from work and it was, I don't know, some soap opera.
1: Yeah, I think my wife used to watch some soap opera. It might have been all my children, but it was when I first met her. So it was at a point in our relationship where I was willing to go and sit through one of those uh with her but that is, that is no longer the case unfortunately. <laughs> right, no longer and, the case uh but and, and, uh, and three more women viewers women listeners just turned off the podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> well liz vassy i hey i was a little wrong uh you know, appeared in quantum leap star trek next generation uh quantum leap again uh that could be about it for sci-fi oh true call did you ever watch true calling no it's tru um, it's Eliza Dushku and it's, it's, you know, I think the premise it's it's somewhat supernatural or psychic or, uh, um, okay, she's, let's see what, uh, oh, okay. Here it is. Uh, I'm taking this from, uh, Wikipedia, a woman intended to go to medical school after graduating from college, but she ends up taking a job at the city morgue while working at the morgue, the dead bodies start asking her for help. And she relives the day, trying to keep a death from happening. Ah, so uh, I guess that must have been right before uh, Dollhouse. Yeah, 80, uh, 2003 to two thousand five. Okay, so yeah, it's right before Dollhouse. Um, so
1: anyway, how did we get well, to there? Yeah, I don't know. Well, because of <laughs> <We're talking laughs> the, about, yeah, uh, because of Captain Liberty. And Captain Liberty. And it's really funny because you say the the her costume, uh, but it's, yeah, I don't think it's it's. It, it it's like a, a mocking of you know the the female superhero costumes and everything because the star is cut out so you can see her cleavage, uh, but but it's you know it, it's just it's funny because it's like how you know like the Wonder Woman syndrome you know right right um, who. Uh, what was, what was it? Oh, I can't believe it. Linda Carter. Carter. Oh, yeah. Linda Carter. My goodness gracious. She infected my, my, uh, my youthful fantasies and everything. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, the objectification there that I'm doing now, I guess, actually, uh, that, uh, especially in the, the superhero sci-fi genre type community. Um, so it, it was. It was really the, the, the very cleverly done character, and and the, the reality is, then she she's very hardcore and and tough, and uh, actually breaks Batman Wells' hand. Yeah.
0: And then uh, now was that before or after they uh, locked in an embrace and were uh, rolling around the. Uh
1: that was after, but yeah, okay. you know, as Batman War reports,
0: he third base is not a place you want to go with Captain Liberty. So. Right? <laughs> okay. But uh, so you know, and it, it, look, it was fun. I mean, you know, now am I going to watch the last uh, not, uh, last eight episodes? I you know maybe. I mean, it, 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 again, if you, I would certainly check out the, like we said, the Guild. I mean, even though those are like little six minute uh, episodes, as you can see on YouTube, uh, you know, it, it's just fun. I mean, it was fun.
1: Yeah and the actually the way Netflix has The Guild it's um they do like a whole season in one block. Okay. So you watch all of season one. So like season one is actually an hour long with all all of the episodes combined. Season two I think is almost two hours long mm-hmm. with with everything combined. So you know like I'm sitting here waiting you know like watching because my wife likes it too and we're mm-hmm. sitting here watching. And I'm like all right when's this going to end so I can put on Supernatural and everything and uh, it just keeps going and going. But it's just great though because it's 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 really really funny and everything. But uh, and it's something the whole family can enjoy. Well not the kids but you know the the <laughs> Family members, can
0: now the uh, t- the tick or uh, the guild. Oh, the guild. Okay. The,
1: oh, the kids would like the yeah. the tick as well because it's really and, and the the big thing. The big thing about the the tick is that he's like completely clueless, right? Mm-hmm. The the one point, Arthur, I can't remember what he said, that offends him, and, and Arthur goes, no offense meant, and the Tick goes, none comprehended. <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs>
0: and, and, you know, again, we I don't think we mentioned yet who plays the Tick, and do you have the actor's yeah, name? Yeah, Patrick
1: Warbutton, Warbutton. And we know him? Uh, he's Putty from Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, and he does uh, all kinds of, you almost can't watch a superhero cartoon nowadays that Patrick Warbutton is not a voice of, of someone in there. He's He's got a... A great voice, and he does all kinds. He does a lot of commercials, a lot of voiceover work. You, know, you don't really see him so much, you know, acting live action so much anymore. But he seems to be making a pretty good living out of the uh, the voiceover type. He was also uh, Crunk in The Emperor's New Groove as well, which is a pretty funny Disney movie. Which you're looking at me like I'm speaking German, but uh, but again, with kids, you know these things.
0: I saw uh, what's the the, the one? Uh, he's a green ogre and. He's got a donkey friend. Oh, Shrek! Yeah, <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> uh,
1: I might have even seen. And so Shrek he sounds too. like he's describing Shrek. <laughs> yeah, and I am. So uh, yeah, it's so, so great. well, you know, and also, the, you know, I was thinking today about Patrick Warburton, and you know, my favorite moment of his, but besides where he paints his face up as the New Jersey Devils were in the the Stanley Cup that year, he paints his face, and he. uh the devils win. And so as he's walking home from the game, he's all you know, pumped up and he, he knocks on the window of a priest car. He's like, The devils, man, the devils. And the priest is like, El Diablo. Everything <laughs> was really funny. But the second, well, actually, the first, number one funny Patrick Warbutton moment was uh, when we first see him as Putty, the mechanic, and Jerry tells Putty his move, right. uh, what he does with, uh, with Elaine, what he did with Elaine when he was going Gator, out with her. Right. And uh, and and Putty uses the move, and Elaine immediately recognizes this and comes in and and uh, gets mad at Jerry because he is telling stories and revealing the move. So,
0: all right. Um, so, definitely worth checking out if you you know if you if you need a smile, it'll you know it'll definitely bring you that. Yeah, so. it is.
1: It, it really was really funny. But like I said, I mean, we can see why it really doesn't have mass appeal to it. it it's it's I should say too clever. I right. guess it's too smart. To, to really uh, appeal and I, I know I'm sounding snobby by saying that, but you, know, you see it time and time again that shows that are get get too clever and, and too smart uh, often they lose their audience and, and and they fail, whereas shows that just take a bunch of morons and have them uh, run through mud and and uh, and hook up with their mothers or their sisters or or you know try to decide which one of twenty women they want to marry, those shows flourish so there okay. you go, America. This right. is where we are. And let's be honest. If you're listening to this
0: podcast, you're one of those smart people. Yes. Now, or, not not for just, listening <laughs> to the podcast, just because you like what we like. You I've, just didn't have anything better to do. To
1: or I've just insulted you, and yeah. you're no longer listening to this podcast. Right. So right.
0: Either way. All right. Anyway, before we say anything else offensive, uh, so next- So you're turning off my mic then? <laughs> no. <laughs> so the next uh, episode of Fadeless will deal with the season one finale- and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do one of our, you know, we, sh- we should probably even stop calling them top 10 lists. Just, this, you know, 10 seemingly innocuous things that are actually creepy. Yes. and I'm uh, looking
1: forward to this one because I've been thinking a lot about this one. I, I probably have 20 things already in my head. We'll have to see when I actually put them down on the list, which will happen about five minutes before the next show we do.
0: Um, and what we wanted to do is uh, then the, the week after that, which would be, um, the season two premiere. Season, yes, uh, that, season two episode one. Right, that we want to g- take a look at the pilot for the show Being Human,
1: which yeah, we're, we're talking about the British version, right? Because yeah. there's a there's an American one too, and there's is a British really? one. yes, oh. but I think we should go with the British one because was, was if not first, if for yeah, well yeah, it was the original one, and also the uh, I think he's the 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 Wolfman. I think in it is the guy who was um, Alonzo from the uh, the Titanic episode, Doctor Who. Oh, okay. And he's, he was in something else that we Oh, he was in the episode of Sherlock. You haven't seen Sherlock, I right? Haven't seen he, he, he was in the Hound of the Baskervilles episode of, of Sherlock as well, which you should see. You, you should really see Sherlock, by the way. I know yeah. I, I give you each week. By no, that time. Finish Fringe, no, and know. then I'll give you a list of things that you got to watch. Great. <laughs> um,
0: now we, we haven't mentioned it for, uh, you know, a while, but you know, our plan was all along to bring in a, uh, a guest host with us, uh, to provide a little different perspective from our, uh, um, you know, unabashed
1: male. Yeah. We, uh, especially after this particular episode, I think um, we desperately need the female perspective. Yes.
0: And, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, the person we're trying to get on here is is a big fan of being human, and she's even the one that, that you know, put that idea in my head. Conception. Um, so, so uh, you know, at this point, it's, you know, yeah, maybe 50-50. Uh, I think we're just going to have to, you know, put the full court press on here. and uh,
1: Yeah, we uh, just got to tell her this is the day. This is the
0: time, right. you know, bam. And uh, she's just going to have to uh, put the rest of her life on hold. But, uh, yeah, so right. so hopefully, you know, I, I wish we could say for sure. But, you know, that's what we're uh, certainly going to try for next time. All right. Anyway, uh, drop us a line, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out at the website, fatalist.podbean.com. And we are on iTunes, and you can download it from there. And uh, until next time.
1: We'll see you. It's been a pleasure. Be safe, my friends.